Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And we're here today to talk to you about A Million Junes, which we both absolutely loved. Um, Today is our 16th episode and our eighth book, which is kind of exciting. That's wild. That's a lot of, that's a lot of reading. Yeah, it's a lot of reading. So to all of you who've actually read all the books, like, thanks. Seriously. So before we get into talking about the book, should we talk about some highs and lows? Yes, we should. Becca, what is your high this week? So in order to explain my high, I have to tell you a low. So um, my uncle passed away last Tuesday. Uh, so it was before the last episode launched, but after we recorded. And it wasn't totally unexpected, but obviously still sad. So um, I'm back in New York City, which is my high. And it feels really good to be back to my friends, to be back to my routines, my places, to have my workout classes, to even just walking. I feel like I was getting really sedentary being in Florida because you you know, it's so hot. You get in your car, you drive to wherever you're going, you get out. So even just walking and moving feels really good. And it's kind of a tough time. So being back to my gravity blanket is huge. So my high is just, you know, having a little bit of normal and, and being surrounded by my things and my people and, you know, being home. So that's my high. Grace, what's your high? Well, first of all, I'm really glad you're back. Um, I missed you while you were gone. I know. I missed you, too. It was really fun hanging out with you on Friday night. Um, My other high is probably being home on Cape Cod with my family. Um, I grew up here, and I just love it here. It's been so nice to have quality time with my parents. My sisters didn't come down, so it's just me and my parents. Um, We've eaten a lot. We went to the beach. Um, Last night, we went to a blues show where my dad played harmonica, Um, it's just been really fun. And we have this really cute little Airedale, which everyone loves her on Instagram, but she's a monster, but she's adorable and she's obsessed with me. Aw, I think she's cute. You say she's a monster, but I'm pretty obsessed with her. I'm in that camp. Yeah, she's, she's getting, she's gotten a lot better. She was just so wild and like has no discipline. And when she sees you and gets excited, she like loses all self-control. So like my legs are all scratched up from her just jumping up and down my legs. Um, but she's really cute. So what about your low? Um, my low was Saturday morning before I flew out. So on Friday night, I was like, Becca, I'm all yours. What do you want to do? And Becca was like, I want to drink. So we drank and we were monsters. Like we we were like 22 year olds at an open bar. Like it was not good. It was not okay. So we went to Dumbo House, um, which is so beautiful, by the way. If you're a Soho House member, like, you have to go to Dumbo House. It's incredible. But we had um, food and drinks, and then they moved us, so they gave us a free bottle of rosé, which I think that is kind of where things went downhill. Yeah. Because we'd already had a couple cocktails, and then we're drinking this rosé. Then we decide to go to Chaconi's for dinner, where we have dirty martinis with our dinner. Then... Somewhere along the lines, we decided it would be a good idea for Becca to come back to my house and help me pack while drinking. We did no packing. Our other, My neighbor and other best friend came downstairs, and we did more drinking. I didn't pack. I woke up at 8 a.m. the next day to get my flight and was so horrendously in such bad shape. Honestly, and- I'm just proud of you that you made your flight. I probably would not have. We're not endorsing this. We're just telling you this no, is what happened. This is this is bad behavior. Like, this is disgusting. Anyway, we're I in think, the market for a very responsible friend. So apparently so, we cannot be trusted left alone. Yeah, we need a, a responsible friend if anyone knows one. Because <laughs> none of our friends are very responsible either. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was a rough day on Saturday. Yeah, and imagine, like, being picked up at the airport by your father, like, in your 30s, like, feeling, like, completely disgusting and awful and him just being like, what did you do? I feel like your dad is cool, though. Like, he... Yeah. Is, oh, he, my family drink 
my parents drink more than I do. They're like super fun and like oh have a very vibrant social life. So they get it. But it was embarrassing. Ooh. Yeah. Um I'll go on record saying ditto to that. Thankfully, I did not have to get a flight on Saturday, and I just laid in bed and watched TV and was a shell of a human. Um, I feel like we shouldn't have told people this. This is, like, us at our worst. We sound, like, really bad. Like, we don't do this. And I think because we're generally both pretty healthy, like, we exercise, we don't drink all the time. When you do drink that much, you're, you're, you're just ruined. Yeah. So we don't condone this. It's bad. Um, so as a low, ditto to that. And then I'm also just feeling generally down, which I, you know, I think is to be expected. And I'm just feeling really anxious about what's next. And I talked about this last episode or the episode before, but one thing that's been really hard for me is that I quit my job having this perfect plan of how I wanted everything to work out and how I was going to take some time off, but, you know, I was going to get back into it. Well, this week I was supposed to be back in work mode and obviously I didn't get the vacation. I'm not back in work mode and I'm just feeling really anxious about what's next and, you know, putting together a plan that, you know, is feasible given where I am with my mental state and emotional state, but then also, you know, I don't know. I'm just feeling really anxious that everything got blown up. And so um, Grace and I are actually going on another trip in, I guess, three weeks. We're going with our friend Jackie to Mexico. So I'm kind of just trying to let myself wait until then. And when I get back, I'm also going to go to Mexico City for a little bit and, you know, then figure out what's next. I'm just not, I'm, I'm just a little type A and not having a plan is, is, kind of an added stressor. So I'm kind of freaking out, but I'm trying to not put too much pressure on myself and kind of just take it one day at a time. I think that's totally normal. And like, you're going to figure it out and we're going to have some good trips. We're going to go somewhere for Labor Day too. Yes. And in, in between, you're going to sign some amazing new clients. Hey, if anyone has a marketing company or a company that needs marketing help, Becca's available. <laughs> not yet though. <laughs> I think Soon. I need a trip first. I need to like yeah. get a, get away and like get myself together a little bit more. But yes. Yeah. Uh after that. Let's Ugh. not talk about it anymore. It's making it's okay. making me anxious to talk about my anxiety. Isn't that oh, meta? I, no, I get that all the time. If I'm stressed about something, I can't talk about it because I get more anxious. That's normal. So before we get into the book, should we have some desperation time? Yes, guys, if you enjoy our podcast, please, please, please um, subscribe in iTunes, leave us a rating, leave us a review if you're feeling creative. The reviews, we say this every week, but they really are like Becca and my favorite things. Like we text them back and forth. We're like, oh my God, we got another review. This is amazing. So like they literally make our day and we love your reviews so, so much. Someone said last week that they would listen to us read the dictionary, which I don't think would be very interesting, but that's a that was high a great compliment. review. Yeah, that's, that's a, a high compliment. compliment. And if you have already left us a review, you can take a photo uh, of yourself listening to the podcast and put it on your story on Instagram or tell a girlfriend, uh, yeah, somebody else who friends. likes books. Yeah. So we really appreciate all the support and like, this is how we're growing. So It's really exciting to see the amount of downloads increase every week, and the response has just been amazing. So we're so grateful for all of that. Yeah. And we love the Facebook group. It's our happy place. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, it's so much fun. There's so many great book recommendations and good chats going on over there. I also also really like that people are starting to ask questions that aren't about books. So this morning somebody was asking about – um, how people deal with their Sunday scaries. Like I saw one last week about somebody looking for a new CC cream. Like I really like that there's a community of people who like books, but it's more than just that. Like it's just kind of a community of like-minded people. Like obviously on the podcast, we talk about more than just books, especially with the advice episodes. Uh, so I really like what the, what the Facebook group was morphing into. Like it's just a broader discussion. Yeah, I love that too. So thanks for joining. It's really fun. So 
Should we get into this book? Yes. Let's talk about the book. So, so guys, you go. We loved this book. We both loved it so much. This is not a bad book. This was a YA book, but this was a very, very good, well-written, um, interesting, not just an escapist kind of like fluffy YA book. This was great YA. It was great. Ugh. It was a really good book. So, so let's get into the description a little bit. So basically yeah. the way to think about this is uh, a retelling of Romeo and Juliet, but with some magic. Yeah. So there's this is the story um, of June. She's also known as Jack Jr. because all of the men in her family, like before her, were Jacks. Um, so she's known as Jack, but they call her June, which stands for Junior. Mm-hmm. Um, she lost her father when she was really little and lives in a magical house. Um, her family, which is the O'Donnells, has a very long-standing feud with the Anger family down, um, who lives like down the hill. Um, on top of that, there's like this weird family curse where whenever something bad happens to a member of one family, something bad will happen to a member of the other family. So the families basically avoid each other, they hate each other, and they don't go near one another. So... Uh- the beginning of the book, June is at a town carnival with her best friend Hannah, and they run into this mysterious new guy who turns out to be Saul Anger. So he's the son of the Anger family, and he's a couple years older. He was supposed to overlap in high school with June. When she started high school, he was supposed to still be there, but he disappeared. So he went to boarding school. They've, they've seen each other as children in passing, but they've, they've never spoken. So they meet, and they are in a mirror house at this carnival, and immediately they have this really strong chemistry. And she's trying to fight her feelings, but it, it's pretty clear to her that she's into him. So they start as friends, and he actually starts tutoring her. She's taking a creative writing class, and he uh, is a writing prodigy. So even though he's 20, he has a book deal, and he starts trying to help her with her writing, which she was never a very good student, but uh, seems to have a spark for for this writing. So they actually, like, th- through tutoring, start going on these magical adventures together. So in the house that June lives in, there's all these different, like, magical things. So there's a couple of ghosts. There's one, like, really bad ghost that doesn't surface unless something bad's going to happen. There's a pink ghost that um, she calls Feathers. And there's these – I pictured them as, like, little, bo- like, fluffy balls. Yeah. Like, almost like – like, kind of like those dandelion heads. Um, and they're called whites. So when you grab a white, it will transport um, you back into memories. So suddenly Saul and June are able to experience these old memories um, – uh, so they're kind of getting to see, you know, June's dead father, um, Saul's dead sister, um, and like experience things from childhood that they might have forgotten about, but see it firsthand. So it's really eerie. And, you know, like they try and like, like go talk to the, the people in the memories, but they can't. They're just like, it's like watching a movie almost. So they're going back into these memories to figure out the basis of their family's feud and the curse that's on their family. So ultimately they get found out that they're seeing each other and they're forbidden to spend time with each other. Uh, but they decide to disobey their parents and that they're going to figure out the basis of this curse. So they go basically through to a purgatory slash heaven somewhat and they realize that the way to break the curse that the curse is actually just passing down of the family's shame and anger and and, you know bad memories and the way to break it is to wash themselves of the past and to kind of carry on without it and to let go Um, so they end up doing that and coming back to the real world um, where they decide that the future and them being together is more important than kind of the handed down family history of this battle, this, you know, rivalry they have going on. 
Yeah. Um, how did you like the ending? I, I liked it. I was very nervous that she was going to kill herself because in Romeo and Juliet, obviously, Juliet yeah. takes the poison um, and then Romeo kills himself. So I was really nervous that it was going to end in a double suicide. Uh, so especially, so in the book, there's this whole plot line that there's these, I guess, like hot springs, basically, where neither of them are allowed to go. And the reason that they're not allowed to go there is because it's a thin place, meaning that the separation between this world and the next world is really thin. And you could, there's a place where you can slip through. And this is actually where June's great aunt died. She drowned. So neither of them are allowed to go there. And in the last part of the book, there's this whole, will they or won't they go to the, go to the falls and, you know, what's going to happen to them there. And I really thought that they were both going to die and that would have ruined it for me. But yeah. I liked the ending. I was satisfied. I also, this was one of those books that was so wonderful and I loved the magic and the descriptions and if this book would have just kept going, I could have kept reading it. So I was also sad that the book ended at all. Never mind that I, not out of dissatisfaction with the ending, just because it was so wonderful and I wanted to stay in this world. Yeah, I know. I felt like I was in a dream. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Tell me. I really love this book. Yeah, tell me what you think of the book overall. So overall... I feel like I have a really hard time even describing it, especially, like, that last quarter of the book when they're in that, like, alternate reality. Um, it was – it felt like we were dreaming. Um, and I loved it. Like, I stayed up really late finishing it. I also loved the writing. I thought it was just, like, so beautifully written. Um, it was an example – so we've talked a lot before about how some young adult books kind of, like – I don't know what's an example. Like, the um, – a lot of the young adult books that we've read are really written for young adults, kind of like The Summer of Jordi Perez yeah. or um, what's the other one that we just read, the one about the boys I've loved, to all the boys I've loved. Yes. It's, they feel very juvenile and that, like for good reason, it's a young adult book, so it, it should be juvenile. But this is like an a, a example of a young adult book that I think adults can really enjoy because it, the writing is exceptional. It's... It's told from the voice of this teenage girl, but it's not written like a teenage girl is writing it, if that makes any sense. I feel like it's just a book that anyone is going to really, really enjoy. Um, you just have to be prepared for a little bit of magic. Like, I love anything with magic, so I was really psyched about this that part. But, it's but not, I did, like... It's not so much magic. Like, nobody's a witch or a vampire. It's not... Yeah. It's not like when we were in Twilight Fever and every book was, you know, werewolves and creatures. It's magic, yeah. but it's... It's, like, magical realism, almost. Like, if you've read any Neil Gaiman or, or something like that, it's, it's more light magic, where it's in a real world... But there's a little bit about ghosts and afterlives and and things like that. But nothing nothing yeah. insane. There's no spells. Yeah, the only the the reason I even brought that up was I was reading the Goodreads reviews and there was some people who were just like, This was not my cup of tea. Mm. I did not like the alternate universe, like it was weird. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, Hey, like, you know this is a book that's kind of about magic, like it's, a, it's not it's not just a, a, a straightforward young adult read. But yeah. I, I liked that about it. Yeah. But I think we both really like magic, so. Agree. Yeah. I'm definitely not yeah. somebody. I also read the witches and vampires books. I loved the All Souls books, the Discovery of Witches books. Loved those. Oh, love those. So it's not as if I'm turned off by a little bit of magic. But I think this is... Yeah more digestible magic than, you know, some of those books with more totally. fantastical characters. I totally agree. So I also loved the book. I, it was really crazy to me how relevant this book was to my current situation. So a lot of the book deals with June's relationship with her father who has passed away 10 years ago and her, her and Saul's experiences with grief. And 
Well, I think it's something that's just really wonderful about reading is finding a character, finding a book that really resonates with what you're feeling. Um, There was something really crazy to me that this timing lined up for us. Uh, because we picked it, you know, well before anything was happening with my uncle. Um, I don't think I'm ready to call myself a psychic yet because, you know, we read Social Creature last week mm-hmm. and, you know, nobody's been murdered. I haven't taken over Grace's social media account. She's still here. You can tell by her voice. So I don't think I'm fully Becca's psychic. actually doing my voice. Yeah. it's This podcast is a lot of layers now. Um, so I'm not going on the record saying I'm fully psychic, but it's it was really interesting and I found it really comforting that I felt really understood by this book. Like there was something about the descriptions of grief that really resonated with me. So in one part, she is talking about how you feel normal and you know, you're having fun, you're everything's great. And then you have this ping in the back of your head in her case, she's like, my father's dead. And I I don't know. I think that Grief is something that's really hard to explain, and I think the the author did such a beautiful job explaining it. And I also loved the parts of the story about June reconciling the stories that her father told her and the history that you know she was told as a child with his memories and, and kind of figuring out who he was. Um, I don't know. There was just so much in this book that was so beautiful and magical, not because there was magic in the book. It just, you know, it felt, I don't know. I I just, I loved the book. Um, the only thing that I didn't like, I'll throw in one small critique is that I hated how self-referential the book was at some point. So when it talked about Romeo and Juliet or quoted Romeo and Juliet, it just felt really heavy handed. Like we get it. But then I was thinking about it. And I guess the reverse would be worse. Like, if they didn't acknowledge that they were borrowing from this, it would be like, who do you think you are? That was the only thing that I felt like was a little heavy-handed. Yeah, the actual quotes and references, I was like, okay, we could live without that. Yeah. It didn't really bother me. It it irked me, but it wasn't such a significant part of the book that it, it had any weight in my overall feeling of the book. Yeah, yeah. So one thing that was kind of interesting was, so the two families for generations had hated each other and the children were forbidden from associating and, you know, especially from, from dating or anything like that. Do you have any family beefs? Like, do you have any, um, I don't know, like any of these not curses, but grudges that were handed down? Or was there anyone you were, you know, forbidden from dating in high school? Yeah, I would say there's two things. So my, um, there was like definitely a family feud in my house between my, my, um, my aunts and my, my aunt, my aunt and my dad for, um, so basically from when my grandfather died when I was 13 until I was probably 18 or 19, maybe, no, actually probably older, like 20 or 21, they didn't speak. Um, and it was really awful because it definitely strained the relationship with my cousins and I, because we didn't, we, like, we were so close growing up and then we suddenly just like didn't see them for like six or seven years, maybe longer than that. Wow. So that was really hard. They eventually like mended the fence and my aunt actually, we're like very close now. Like we got to, um, I, I stayed when I first moved to New York, um, to save up money, I stayed with her in New Jersey for a couple months to, um, save up for first, last and security and all that. But it was like really awful when it happened. And I mean, we can talk about this cause I know we have, this comes up later in our, in our discussion notes, but I think it shows that like communication is so important, like similar to these two families, it was kind of like my, um, both sides, my aunt and my dad, both felt very different, wronged in very different ways. And I think if they had just communicated up front and said, this is what hurt me and this is what hurt me, like they would have started talking again much sooner. And I think that that's the same thing with this. Like it was so interesting when Saul and June talk about the two, um, their fa- they tell their family's versions of the stories because they're both completely different. So I thought that. Um, in terms of like people I wasn't allowed to date, um, so my parents own a restaurant and 
every summer without fail, I got like a huge crush on whoever the dishwasher was at my parents' restaurant. So usually they were like teenage boys that with bad attitudes and my dad would have flipped out if I ever dated one of them. But I never did. I was also like super socially awkward and like very flat chested with braces and bangs. So like they wouldn't have had any interest in me. But um, like I always got a crush and like I knew my dad would kill me if he knew. <laughs> I mean, that's like teenage girl bait is like boys with bad attitudes. Like we, oh, yeah. well, I guess this is probably more in college for me than in high school. But um, during the time of the OC, like everyone wanted the, you know, the Ryan character who is the bad guy with a, you know, heart of gold. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. That's so funny. What about you? I can't think of any specific family feuds. Yeah, I can't think of anything like that. I mean, in high school, I feel like anyone that I was not forbidden to date, but I couldn't date was more because of social pressure from friends. So, you know, this person Mm. dated this person. So now we can't, you know, talk to anyone in that friend group or something. Or yeah. There was a lot of, a lot of my friends in high school had older brothers, so there was a lot of sensitivities around, you know, everyone would, you know, have crushes on the older brothers and, you know, whether that was okay or not. But I don't think there was anything really put on me by my family that I can think of. So I don't know. I, yeah, I don't think I had anything similar. Hmm. And what about... I thought that the dynamic, I knew, I, I knew, I, I guessed this when the young teacher walked in and like June described her as looking like a 16 year old version of Alicia Silverstone and Clueless. I was like, this is going to be something. Wait, so we kind of glossed over this in our description of the plot. So give us the high points of the whole teacher situation. So um, June's old English teacher retires, um, sorry, creative writing, um, and they replaced her with this new teacher who is probably like 22 or 23 years old. And everyone at first is like, oh my God, who is this? And they're all really disrespectful towards her and they're laughing and she like shuts it down. She sends them to the principal office, puts people in detention. She's like, no bullshit. So... But she's also super young, and when that happened, I was like, I bet that she was somehow involved in Saul, and there's going to be a weird love triangle here. And there wasn't really that much of a love triangle, but it does come out that they had had a thing, like, years ago. And then the teacher is actually the one who tells June's parents that she's been seeing Saul, which is how they get forbidden to see each other. So um, I, uh, I thought that was interesting. So I didn't predict that, but it was, it was an interesting foil because June was a really poor student. Like she was a C student. She didn't really care. And the only thing that she was interested in uh, was creative writing. But then, you know, because of the interpersonal relationships of the teachers, it was kind of like, should she keep trying or should she just give up? So I thought it was an interesting side plot point about the teacher having a past with Saul and that, you know, June needed to try anyway and and get through that for herself and not just give up. So I thought it was interesting. Um, But I didn't see it coming personally. I, um, I also thought that it was kind of refreshing to have this character who is, um, a bad student because I feel like it was a departure from young adult protagonists that we read. They're always like a goody two shoe. They're always like really good at school. And it was kind of fun to see like the, the main character be a bad student. I don't know. It's like, I agree. it was a weird thing for me, but I agree. They're always the same person. I felt like, I felt like June was pretty, a pretty interesting, like well-developed character. I feel like so many YA protagonists, you just get, this girl with this like one really dumb superficial flaw like they're basically perfect and I thought that she was you know somebody who both like emotionally and her actions like she was a pretty regular kid you know yeah agreed it wasn't like she's the most beautiful girl in the world she's the smartest she's super popular like you know she was like yeah 
kind of of middling social status. She was like regular looks, you know, it was like, this is a regular girl. And her best friend Hannah was like the more perfect one. Yeah, the more perfect one, but was also crippled by her shyness. So, you know, I, I thought it was a really interesting depiction of like what it actually is like to be a teen that everyone's awkward. Yes, agreed. Can I also tell you that all of the scenes about her creative writing class made me want to write a book. And so a little background. So first of all, when I was a kid, I loved writing. I, we always used to have town, I don't know if they were competitions per se, but you know, you could get published in the newspaper and I always used to do it and I would win. There's definitely a story I wrote about a haunted house, which feels very relevant to this. I have no idea where that story went, so I can't share it with you, but I'm sure I think I wrote it in about third grade, so I'm sure it's very bad. Um, But I've always loved writing, and something in this book and her description of of writing was like, oh, I want to write something. Um, And I think this is also partly, so the last time I didn't have a job, so when I was uh, living in San Francisco, I worked for a company that uh, closed unexpectedly. It was a startup and it lost funding. And so I had this really awkward summer where I didn't have a job and I was job hunting, but, um, I didn't really have anything to do. And I bought all these like screenwriting books and how to write a novel books. And so maybe this is just an itch I get when I'm unemployed, but I was like, wow, maybe I should write a book. Um, I think you should. I have no idea what my book would be about. But sometimes, I mean, certainly not this, this was beautifully written, but sometimes when I read, you know, just like adult chiclet type books or some of the YA, I'm like, wow, I I think I could write a better book than this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean... I want to write a book, but I don't know what it would be about. Maybe you and I can write a book together. Yeah, that would be fun. Can I tell you, this is a totally unrelated story to this book, when this was probably like four or five years after I graduated college, this girl in my graduating class wrote a book and I won't say who it is because like it got a lot of, it got a decent amount of acclaim and it was like pretty well known. Um, and in her bio on her like author's biography, it was like, she's, you know, it had a bunch of sentences about she lives in, I can't remember where she lives, Washington DC or somewhere, you know, she enjoys this, she enjoys that. Um, she's worked in publishing for many years and this has always stuck with me and it it's super petty. It also like really twisted the knife of like, I, I'm super jealous that she wrote a book and I didn't write a book, but I was like, bitch, you haven't been doing anything for many years. Like you're three years out of college. You haven't worked in publishing for many years. Like you haven't even been wearing a bra for many years. Like, I don't know, something about this author bio and the fact that she wrote a book, like, really got me going. So I think that means, like, you know, when you're jealous of something like that, that it's about you, not about them. So, I don't know, maybe I have this, like, deep-seated desire to write a book, but I have no idea what it would be about. Yeah, that's my problem, too. I sometimes want to write a book about what it's actually like to be a blogger, because I think it would be funny. I I but, read a book like that. Did you read, um, oh, gosh, what was it called? I think it was called Rich and Pretty. No. There was a book a few years ago, or maybe like two years ago, where one of the main characters, it was two best friends from college, and one of them went into banking. And then the other one started this lifestyle blog and just got super self-obsessed and, you know, was like every cliche you think about blogging, um, you know, where she was like throwing these uh, fake cocktail parties to take photos for content. And it was definitely a very negative depiction of blogging but it was interesting I don't think I'd recommend the book on the whole um yeah but I just thought it was an interesting storyline where I think social media and plot lines about like blogging and things like that haven't really come into a lot of books that I've read yeah yeah I think that could be an interesting book yeah I would do it like nonfiction. Like, oh nonfiction. Uh, yeah because there's just so many funny stories that I have from like this world but I don't know. Well, I know it's how much not something. I know how much free time you have. So much free time. So, so. really easy. Yeah. Just bang that out. 
Yeah. In a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Maybe once <laughs> our podcast is like wildly successful, we can write a book together. Like, you know, um, you know, the author Christina Lauren gets actually two people like they write books together. Oh, funny. That's like um, another book that I just read is two people. I forget which one, but th- that's common. I think it's it becomes like a pen name of their two names. Yeah, I think so. We could be Rebecca Grace. Yeah, that sounds like a name. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so keep an <laughs> okay. eye out for our forthcoming super top secret book project that doesn't exist. <laughs> so, so, back to the book. I feel like we're going a little long, so we can kind of just like yeah. zoom through these last two points. One thing I thought was really interesting was that the curse was actually the weight of their ancestors' like shame and disappointment about either things that didn't happen to them, like the basis of the um, the curse, like the generation that started it was during the Great Depression, and so the Junes family had a really profitable farm selling cherries and, you know, people didn't have money for cherries anymore. And so, you know, there was a lot of like deep seated resentment about the way the world was changing and, and what that meant for their own circumstances. And that kind of got passed down where the curse was enacted by ghosts. So, you know, it wasn't purely just, you know, their ancestors resentments, but I don't know. There, it, it was really interesting that the curse wasn't actually just, you know, evil magic. It was, it was more realistic. It had a realistic element to it too, that like it was being passed down this like bad blood and these bad feelings. Um, and that the solution to breaking the curse was to let the past go. And not that these books are in any way similar, but it almost kind of brought me back to to all the boys I've loved before, where her ritual was that in order to let go of the past, she wrote this letter to release herself from this crush. And it's, I know we were talking about it when we did that episode that you had your, the witch that you went to see and she had a whole ritual for, you know, cleansing yourself of your past. But, you know, I think it really is true. Like, some of those things you hold on to just keep rearing their head and like affecting your future if you let them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know where I'm going with that. I just, I thought it was interesting that there was a, there was a realistic part to the curse and there was a magic part to the curse. Yeah. I, I, I liked that a lot. Yeah. It was just very interesting. Yeah. So I really want a sequel to this book. Like, I want to know what happens next. I want to know if June went to college. Did Saul go back into writing? Um, like you said, I could have kept reading and reading this book. And now I feel, like, really invested in these people. And I want to know what happens. You know, I don't feel that way at all. I I obviously like a good series. But I love a book that's self-contained and that resolves itself and I felt like this was so magic but I feel like if there was a sequel it would lose something because the the ghosts are released so there wouldn't be that element like the whites are gone yeah I don't know I thought that this was just like such a perfect universe where if the book was 600 pages I I would have kept reading and I loved it but I don't feel like I need to know what happens next oh I want to know I just want to know well, the author oh, well. started following us on Instagram, so maybe we can DM her oh, no and ask if yeah. um, if June goes to college. Because I think yeah. that's pretty much just at her discretion. Yeah, I bet I think June goes to college. Okay, great. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll we'll ask we'll ask Emily. Yeah, yeah. So should we get into some other items? Should we talk about our obsessions and what else we're reading? Yes, let's do it. Becca, what is your obsession this week? Okay, so my obsession is not something new. It's something that I realized how much I liked. So when I was in Florida, I had to go buy a blow dryer at Walgreens because there wasn't one in the house and I didn't bring one. And, you know, it was like a $20 blow dryer. It was pretty junky. Um, And when I got 
back home using my regular blow dryer that I have here. I have the dry bar blow dryer, the mini one. I realized how much better it is, both in terms of how fast it dries your hair and then also in terms of like how shiny your hair is or, you know, like the texture or condition of your hair. And I didn't realize I slurched on it kind of not thinking. I had a friend who recommended it and I was like, my blow dryer died. So I was like, sure, I'm going to get this, you know, fancier one. But I didn't realize how much of a difference it made until I went back to a crummy one that mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this really is, is like something special that's like worth the splurge. So yeah, I'm really into it. I'm also into the fact that it folds like it's not, so it's not huge. So it's good to travel with. I do usually bring it places with me and I just forgot it when I was going to Florida. So yeah, I'm very into it. If you're in the market for a new blow dryer, I haven't tried the Dyson one. Everyone says it's amazing. I don't have super thick hair, so I don't think I need You don't need it. Yeah. It, I have it. People say it cuts down on your blow dry time, but like it takes me five or 10 minutes to blow dry my hair anyway. Like I don't need it to be so much faster. Um, but I also don't think I could justify spending that much money on a blow dryer. It's like, that one's like, isn't it like four or $500? Yeah. So I, I got mine to review for my blog and I will say that as someone who takes 45 minutes to blow dry his hair, it's worth it because it takes me 20 minutes with the Dyson. I'll bring it, I'll bring the Dyson with me to Mexico and you can try it. Okay. Um, it's, it's great, but it's, I don't even blow dry my hair that often. So I don't even know that I need it. Like I love it for when I do blow dry my hair. But it's it's so expensive. It's so expensive. If you have super thick hair, it's worth it. But that's only this one is only ex- then. This one is expensive. I think it's around a hundred dollars, but it's less expensive than the Dyson. So if you need something between, you know, your crummy drugstore blow dryer and you're not willing to go all the way up to the Dyson one, which I wasn't, um, I'm newly realizing how much better this one is than you know your standard drugstore blow dryer. I love that. Sometimes you have to like get away to appreciate all the things you have. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. I had one that was like that a, a few weeks ago too, where it's like you don't realize you're obsessed with something until you try an alternative and you're like, nope, not for me. Yeah. Yeah. What are you so, obsessed with? So my obsession is something I tried yesterday that my mom my mom had all this sunscreen. She's like, oh my gosh, you have to try this. And it's this Kula BB cream. It's a tinted – it's not – they have a lot of, t- of BB creams that come in, like, all different tints. This is just the one that comes in the plain tube, and it's, like, a mineral sunscreen BB cream. And she's like, you have to try this. And it felt like velvet putting it onto my skin. So we used it, like, before the beach. Um, but it just felt so nice going on my skin. It has a slight, a slight tint, so it just, like, makes you look a little bit glowy. But it felt so good – going on and it also is mostly natural and mineral and I think mineral products can look like really disgusting because like they turn you white and this didn't do that so I like am going to order it as soon as I get home I loved it great I hope you're also bringing this to Mexico so I can try it yes I'll bring that to Mexico too what about about Instagram jinx I was just (laughs) gonna say the same thing jinx so I'm having a sad week so I get to I'll be honest with you It is a struggle for me not to just pick a dog every week to be my Instagram favorite, but I'm letting myself this week because I'm having a bad week. So this new Instagram dog that I actually discovered last night, his handle is stacks underscore the long boy and long boy is spelled L-O-N-G-B-O-I. Grace, could you please pull this up right now? He is a basset hound puppy that has the biggest ears, and he's so stupid and derpy looking, and I love him. Love him. Okay. I'm looking for him now. You know I don't get excited about dogs the way that you do. I know. Oh, but he's real cute. He's really cute. Oh, I love him. So, How did you even find him? He only has 1,700 followers. Uh, I don't remember how I found him, but, like, leave me alone. Let me have this. Okay. You can have that. Tell me who your Instagram obsession is. Mine is, um, this is one that is hanging on from my trip to Asia. So Alec Monopoly. So on one of my nights in Koh Samui, I went to the W Hotel there, and there was all this cool art there. 
And he is an L.A.-based artist, and now I follow him on Instagram. He puts, like, Monopoly stuff into all of his art, but he, it's, like, super, like, poppy and bright, kind of like Mr. Brainwash oh, okay. or, like, it's really fun. Um, and I love his stuff. And it was covering the W. Like, I was taking pictures like a maniac. I just thought it was so cool. And I'm not sure. I want to see if he's he does the art for the other W hotels, but um, – it's it's his stuff is cool. I I I follow on my purse on my private account. I follow mostly artists, friends, and cats. So he's one of the artists that I follow, and I really enjoy his stuff. Hmm. I'll have to check him out. Yeah. What are you reading? So I mentioned last week that I was reading an advanced copy of the proposal, which is Jasmine Guillory's second book, the follow up to the wedding date, and I loved this book. I was actually really thrilled because I think The Wedding Date was her first book. And, you know, not to say that I didn't have faith that all of her books would be great, but I was, you know, kind of wondering, like, could she do it again? Because that was such a great book. And the proposal is wonderful. Wonderful. Is it is it related to The Wedding Date? Like, is it what happens after The, the Wedding Date? Kind of. So it's in the same universe, but the book actually is about... Carlos, who is Drew's friend, who's one of the main characters in The Wedding Date, and it's about him um, and his, like, falling in love story. So there's cameos by the people from the first book, but it's not about them. The one thing I will say, though, is that there's spoilers for the first book in it, so if you're going to read... If you think you're going to read the first book, like, start with it, even though this book could easily stand on its own. Okay. But love it. It comes out September 4th. We'll remind you when it does, but it's it was really great. It's a love story that's like pretty escapist, but it's also really well written. It has great characters. It's pretty woke in terms of racial representation, in terms of the women characters, especially that, you know, they're having real conversations. They're not just, you know, sitting around a table only talking about their love lives. I just, I'm a really big fan of this author. I love, I loved her first. I loved The Wedding Date, so I can't wait to read this. What about you? What are you reading? Um, I am currently reading The Intermission by Alyssa Friedland, and this was a, a an advanced copy I got, but I think it is out. And it's really cute. It's not the typical book I would read because I don't typically gravitate towards books about marriage or babies, but this book is about this couple that's been married for five years and they're kind of getting that itch. Like they're like not sure if they want to be married yet anymore. Um, and so they're, they're, they take like an intermission and I am, I haven't gotten to the part where they take the actual intermission right now. They're kind of like, I mean, they seem like relatively happily married, but they both have like a lot of dissatisfaction. So it, it, it's really well written and and the characters are super endearing and likable. And I really, I think I, I really like this author. Um, her name's Alyssa Friedland. It's E-L-Y-S-S-A though. Um, I'm enjoying it so far, but I'm only like maybe 20% in. So do you think that you have broken your reading rut that you were talking about last week? Um... I don't know. I haven't had a book that makes me want to, like, stay up. The This, A Million Junes, like, I was really into that. So yeah. I'd say that broke the rut. I think I've just been really critical of everything I've been reading lately. Like, I'm enjoying the intermission so far, but it's still too early to tell, you know? Like, the writing is really good, but I'm not sure about the story yet. Well, I'm, like, living for the reading rut thread in our Facebook group. So one of our listeners, Brianna, thank you. Uh, started a thread in the Facebook group asking people what's the best book they've read this year. And there are actually a lot of new to me recommendations in there. So usually in the Facebook group, we talk about like, what are you currently reading? And like, that's a crapshoot because, you know, at any given time, you could be reading something that's wonderful, or you could be reading something that's just okay. And so this one, I feel like I'm taking very copious notes to figure out, you know, what I should be reading next and downloading a ton of samples because everyone's just like replying in with like, What's the best thing they've read this year? Ah. Uh, Ow. I, I need to go in there. I haven't been into the Facebook group in probably like three or four days. I don't go on Facebook that often. And when I do, I go in and I go into the Stripe Facebook group and I go into the Bad on Paper Facebook group and like answer questions and say hello. But I don't really like Facebook. But I love the group. Get in I there. I just need to be better. I need to go in. Get in there. I'm like I look in it I, multiple times a day. 
I looked, I went onto Facebook to post something to my blogs page and I looked and I saw that I had like 50 notifications and I was like, ooh, I'll do this when I get back to New York. Yeah. So let's talk about our next book. So for our book club episode on July 25th, we're reading this book called Listen to Your Heart and, oh, hold on, I have to look up who it's by. It's by an author called Casey West, K-A-S-I-E. Um, and this book is, <laughs> I, I mean, you're just going to have to humor us. Like, I picked this book because it's like my dream book. So I did not pick this book. I picked this book. I. So gonna... it's about a girl who joins her high school's podcast and gets picked to be the host. So she's answering advice questions. Does that sound familiar at all? And she starts getting calls from this anonymous caller who's a boy, and he's asking um, questions about how to woo his crush. And so she's pretty sure that she knows who the boy is, and she's pretty sure that the crush is on her best friend. But she starts to develop feelings for this guy, too. So we have podcasts. We have a love triangle. Like, is this book just written especially for me? Like, come on. This is Becca's dream book. It's my I have dream not book. started it. I haven't either. Um, I'm excited to to start when I get back to New York on Tuesday. That's going to be. I'm hoping to finish the intermission by then so I can start. This. I I think this is going to be a lighter read, but I think you and I especially <laughs> are going to find it really delightful because of the podcast storyline. But yeah. it's getting really good reviews, so I'm I'm really hopeful that we all love it. But oh my god, I just had to pick this one. You had to. It was necessary. Oh my god! It's. I can't wait to read it. It's gonna be funny. It's. Gonna, I think that's gonna be. It's gonna be a fun episode too when we do talk about it. Yeah, because we know the the dark, seedy underbelly of podcasting. It's very dark and it's very controversial. We're ready to shine the light on you know her depiction of podcast life. Oh my god, we're getting okay, weird. We should so, probably go. Yeah, we're getting weird, so we should go. So, but first. Where where can people find you on Instagram, Becca? Oh, yeah. Follow me on Instagram. I'm at Becca M. Freeman. And Grace, what about you? I'm at Grace Atwood. And then my blog is just thestripe.com. And, um, and we also have an Instagram account for the podcast. So it's at Bad on Paper Podcast. Yes. And the Facebook group that we talk about all the time. You can just search Bad on Paper on Facebook and it'll come up. Yes. So come hang out with us on the internet and we'll see you next week for an advice episode. Yeah. And leave us a review because you love us. Please. Please. (laughs) All right. All right. Bye. Bye guys. 